Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 169 of the Get Around Podcast. My name is Jake Adnip, sitting in the host chair with my friends James Cook and Andrew Rosenthal, joining me via FaceTime for yet another episode of your favorite hyperlocal sports podcast. We had a lot to talk about. We had a great week last week, loaded and packed and chocked full of district games for both boys and girls. We have a lot to unpack from that. Uh, we're going to talk about all of those district finals and uh, the winners and where they are going to be going on uh, into the next rounds in the chatter that matters after our interview. And our interview is a very special and a very fun one today with the Ellsworth Lancers for the first time, Jaeger Griswold and Brayden Steenweich. Joined us to let us know what the Lancers are all about after winning their first district title in over a decade. The first one since 2009 for the boys basketball team. That was a really fun interview, uh, so make sure you stick around for that. Before we get into all that, we're going to get into the pulse and talk about the hockey and wrestling seasons as they are going to wrap up. Wrestling state finals are this weekend. We have some individuals heading down to Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids. All of our teams have been eliminated from the team bracket that is going on tomorrow, uh, but we do have some individuals, so we'll make sure we give those kids the recognition that they deserve. And then we're going to get into our, another rendition of the Hall of Fame and our trifecta. And the trifecta that I came up with today is I'm asking the guys, what crazy activity or thing would you do for $500,000? I'm saying 500000 because that's not so much that it would probably be anything for anybody. But it's definitely enough that it'll make you do some crazy things. So make sure you stick around if you want to hear what kind of nuts those things we're going to get into. Before we get too far, this podcast is sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Let's go ahead and put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse. No frills, no messing around. We got lots to talk about, gentlemen, and I want to start off with that hockey season. All of our local hockey teams have since been eliminated from the playoffs. Um, I wanted to kind of do a, a recap of our season and get through it. Last week, we saw Traverse City Central fall to Marquette 1-0, to another really hard-fought game. Andrew, you were at that game on Wednesday uh, to see Traverse City Central. I know that uh, you know Marquette got that power play goal, and then Central wasn't able to get back. But what did you see out of those guys on the ice in their last game this season? You know, it's tough that one of those teams. I, I don't really feel like Marquette beat Traverse City in that team, and I and likewise, if Traverse City would have won, I don't really feel like TC would have won. I mean, it was a power play goal, and that was the game. I mean, there was they both goalies put on a show. Just because Newhart gave up a power play goal didn't mean he played bad. I think their goalie shut. It was what the first shutout in two years for the Trojans. Forty-two games. It was just one of those games. I think you're, we remember it like the Traverse City West State title in soccer. You know, it's neither team seemed to be able to figure each other out, and just it was the free kicks that lost West the game there. But nonetheless, Marquette went on the lose to Byron Center in the state semifinals. Um, and I'm not really sure if the Trojans would have given them a run for their money because they're the number one team in the state. You know, it was one. Of, it was one of those things that, regardless of the team that won, Byron Center was going to win. Yeah, it was literally like a last second thing when they beat Byron Center. It was a really good game, but uh, yeah. So I mean, the Trojans had a great season. Obviously, back to back regional titles for the first time in program history. I mean, they. I feel like they improved on last season when they made it to the regional final against Marquette. Then, so definitely, definitely. I know. Uh, we will uh, be back on the lookout. Trojans are going to look a little bit different next year. You know, we just had those guys on the podcast here a couple of weeks ago. You know, Will Dawson, probably their, their top offensive guy who would have been returning, is going to play juniors next year as we talked. Make sure you go back and listen to that podcast with those guys. It was really interesting uh, to hear about that. But they're, they're losing a solid, you know, a solid chunk of seniors and a solid uh, guy in Will Dawson. So it's going to be a new look Trojans next year. We'll see if they can three-peat. The other one... I want to talk about is wrestling, and this is uh, this is the one that's still going on. Uh, hockey has finished, but wrestling state finals are working their way here to the end of the week. Team state finals are on Tuesday, but Friday and Saturday are the individual state finals. We had 21 local wrestlers move on in the individual state tournament. I believe we had five who had regional individual championships, starting off with Traverse City Central's Remy Cotton. He got the Division One regional crown at 189 pounds. Uh, you know, he's been he's been a big guy for them all season long, but he is going to be one of two Trojans who are moving on to the state tournament. Austin Bills got fourth place after winning in the blood round and uh, moves on to Division One at 172. Uh, another surprise, I mean, we looked at, uh, uh, we're just talking about Division One. Christian Boivin wrestled up at 215 and uh, ended up coming in fifth place of the tournament. He lost in the blood round uh 
after losing his second-round matchup with the eventual regional champion. Uh, so he was the only representative from West who was participating, and he, he did not quite make it. Um, but other individual champions. Kingsley had, I think, the best day out of anybody, or the best weekend, I guess, out of anybody. They had 10 wrestlers compete, and seven of the 10 qualified in the top four spots to go on to the state finals. Two of them, Cayenne Fessenden at 160 and Gavin Merchant at 112, both got the top spot in the respective weight classes with those individual regional titles. Also getting those, Sam Ross from Benzie Central at 140 pounds and Gavin Wilmoth at 132 pounds in Division 4. Um, until today, I did not know that Sam Ross's real name was Samson, did you? Yeah, I added that in your story because uh, Sarah says she prefers it. She, do, she does, huh? Yeah. Okay. I say, I, he came across on the... It's funny because I, I almost actually missed him on the... You know, the brackets, because it said Benzie, and he was like, there was only two two Benzie guys, I think, who actually wrestled. So, like, you know, it was really easy to miss the one little acronym out of whatever, 15, 14 mm -hmm. weight classes. So I went back through, and I saw Samson Ross. I was like, wait, Sam Ross? <laughs> so I did not know that. That's, that's that's a first for me. But, yeah, so we had we had plenty of other guys. There were 17 other people who made it in. I'm just going to kind of run through these, because um, the way it works is top four people in each weight class make it onto the state finals in each division. Uh, so Justin Gron. Tanner Martindale, Aiden Shire, Sam Goethals, Alex Smith, uh, all taking third place for the Stags in their respective weight classes, uh, which is, you know, that, 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 that's just a lot of kids going on to state finals. You're going to have over seven representing the Stags down at Van Andel next week. Also making it, Boyne, uh, Boyne City's Gavin Hernandez, Jacob Bush, Jordan McBee, and Tim Bowman. They had a great day. All four of them who went out to try and qualify, ended up qualifying for the state tournament. Uh, so four for four for the Boyne City Ramblers. Mancelona had a couple of guys show up too. Going down to Van Andelis, Wyatt Fleet at 135 and George Tipton at 119, who took second and third respectively. TCSF also has jo Josiah Schaub heading down to the state tournament. He took four, or third place in Division Four at 130. Um, the last person that you know we can't forget about is Josh Saylor from Forest Area at 189. I think he was down there last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we had a couple of individual bowlers show up this weekend, too. I, we had three people show up in the top three. Hunter Haldeman, who was a friend of the podcast, he got third place um, based on pins, and it kind of stinks for him. It was one of those situations where he lost on the last ball of his semifinal match. Uh, the, he uh, pinned out 408 to 404, right? Lost by four pins, I think it was. And the uh, he won third place because he had more pin total than the next person in the other semifinal. But he outscored both people in the other semifinal by like 35 pins right so it's just like it, just the matchup that that put it put him where he was um but yeah so hunter hallman making that return trip in his senior year back to the state finals and showing up getting another podium finish at third yeah ella wendell getting second i think for the girls yep and then and then the day before Travis city christian getting uh you know their historic their first what, what they think is the first team state championship in the school's history um, and it's the first girls team from our area to win a, a bowling state title. Um, the only other bowling state title in, in our area's history was uh, St. Francis in 2004, which is the first year bowling was a MHSAA sport. Oh, okay. Well, that's awesome. So we got a little, little something new to be bragging about up here in northern Michigan. Um, I know Hunter said he was really excited. He thought that he bowled you know, the best that he possibly could in his career um, as it was his last Last time, yeah, both seniors uh, will be leaving the, the Christian TC Christian Bowling Program next season, but leaving it in a good spot. Uh, we know they've been up there the last couple of years. I think I think that's everybody who's moving on in the state tournament for wrestling, and everybody that we finished up so far. You know, with hockey and bowling, those are our sports, our winter sports that are done and over with. Um, yeah, and Boyne City got second in the boys as well in their in their division uh, division three in bowling. They yes. Got all the way to the championship match before losing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to. I don't want to leave him out. Boyne City's Michael Deming actually got third place on Saturday as well. Uh, he was. He came in as the number twelve seed after qualifying and worked his way up and made the podium. So that's that. That's a, quite the accomplishment. So yeah. Um. Definitely. Definitely a lot of action last week. We're gonna get into all of that action from basketball here after our interview our interview which was awesome we're going to go ahead and dive into that now with Jaeger Griswold and Braden Steenweich let's go ahead and give a listen to that now The Get Around podcast is extremely excited to welcome in 
the Ellsworth Lancers, Jaeger Griswold, and Braden Steenwork. Jaeger, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. And Braden, you as well. That's uh, Braden is a yeah, Braden is a junior, and uh, Jaeger is a senior over at Ellsworth who just won their first district title since 2009 over Gaylord St. Mary over the weekend. Before we get into all that, we have to dive into a, our Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's. Five rapid-fire questions to get to know these guys a little bit. I'll start off. Who is your favorite villain? We'll start off with you, Jaeger. Oh, the Joker, 100%. You know, I, I love the way he, you know, has fun with everything he does. You know, typical villains are all dark and, like, scary, but the Joker, he has, you know, finds a way to laugh. <laughs> what about you, Braden? Definitely the Joker. <clears throat> He's just creepy, and I love it. <laughs> all right, all right. How do we feel about pineapple on pizza? Oh, I'm definitely pro-pineapple on pizza. Same here. I mean, typically people say fruit don't belong there, but hey, I like pineapple. I like pizza. Why not put them together? Now, Why? what about pickle on pizza? Pickles? Pickles on a pizza. I don't know if I've ever had pickles. I on have pizza. not had that either. I'm so curious now. Yeah, well, would you try it? I definitely. definitely. Okay. okay. <laughs> Who is the best name on the Ellsworth basketball team? Best name? Ooh. I like when uh, they announced that Jamal Sabalski. They never get it right. It's always fun to Jamal Sobalski. It's it's all that one. What was the first job you ever had? I would work for my neighbor, and I'd like <clears throat> cut wood and like we whip around the house. <laughs> I was a busser at a local restaurant in the Blue Pelican. Okay, I've known a bunch of kids over the years that have that have done that. Yeah. All right, you get to redesign the food pyramid without any dire health consequences. What are your three main food groups? So I definitely still have meat, like the meat food group. I'd have ice cream and probably, uh, I do like my fruits. I could not go without like apples, bananas, oranges. Yeah, that's boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a simple guy. Ice cream, meat, and, uh, what is it? <clears throat> syrup, <laughs> candy canes, candy corn. Buddy the elf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, if you could go back, if you could go back to when you're a freshman and give yourself some advice, what would it be? Oh, well, I remember <laughs> my freshman year, we were in the district championship and we barely lost. And I just tell myself, shoot my shot because there was one I was wide open underneath the rim and I just didn't take it because I was scared. So I just tell myself, shoot your shot, do your thing. Similarly, I think I just you know tell myself to be more confident. I think you know if you're feeling good about yourself you can feel good about you know others and whatever you do not just like sports but school and the community too yeah so that was that was five rapid fire questions and nod to our sponsor at jimmy john's let's go ahead dive into the rest of the interview here with jaeger and Braden. uh you guys i just want to start off with this past weekend i know you guys had a really hard fought game with gaylord st mary and you got that first district crown since 2009 i know that we have seen you guys kind of working for this over the last three years um, that you've been on there, Brayden and Jaeger. What was the emotion like after that game, uh, bringing that to your school for the first time in over a decade? Honestly, it was, like, unreal. We started to kind of get that feeling with, like, 30 seconds left. It was like, oh, my word, like, we're doing this. And then, like, I got a rebound at the end, caught it. They fouled with two seconds left. And, I mean, I just hugged all the guys, and it was just, it was just unreal and super satisfying to finally reach that goal. Yeah, we've been fighting for it for so long. At that moment, that was like, um, this was two years coming. Um, when we were going to play Gaylord St. Mary's before the season ended last year, we were we were ready, feeling good going into that game, and you know, it got taken away. So to have this opportunity to do that, it just made you know all the work throughout the past two years worth it. You know, your girls' team was pretty darn close to winning a district title themselves. How special would it have been to have both Ellsworth teams win it in the same year? I mean, I think I was talking to you on the in the student section, and you said that, you know, in the 90s, I forget who it was, but you guys had an all-stater on your team, and Ellsworth girls kind of hasn't really been anything close to, like, to being competitive at the state level since, but what changed this year on that side? Yeah, to get Ellsworth sports program back to relevancy was definitely fun, and uh, I just think, I mean, they had a solid group of girls, and they just came out and worked. It was super close. It came down to the final last, like, uh, overtime. Yeah, overtime. I mean, we were just going insane. I mean, it was just it was it was an exciting one to watch. Everybody wanted it for Ellsworth. And it was it was so much fun to watch. It was such an intense game. And then when that, like, fresh, I think it was a freshman came in and popped that three, it uh, 
ice it for Galen St. Mary's. We were pretty, pretty sad, but we were, I mean, it was just a fun, intense game to watch. So it was fun to definitely be a part of that. They fought hard. What, why is basketball the sport for Ellsworth? That's a good question. I think being a small school, there's not like a ton of things. Like that you can like winter sports, there's not a ton of options. Basketball is like what everyone does. I mean, like at lunch, everyone's in the in the basketball gym shooting hoops and like I don't know, basketball is just kind of the culture for like winter sports in Ellsworth. So it's like everyone's always shooting hoops and I don't know, just hooping culture, you know. <laughs> Is, is Ellsworth a basketball school now? Because it used to be for a long time that cross-country was kind of the sport that you guys were best at. Yeah, that's true. Um, neither of us are in cross-country, so, I mean, we couldn't have an answer for that. But, you know, it, it sure is basketball now. I would definitely say there's the basketball culture. I mean, I think people just us playing and are like, wow, those kids are just having fun and they just love the sport and love playing together. And, like, they see our, like, our bond and they just like, wow, I want to be a part of that. I think that definitely kind of helps the like hype train for a sport being big in Ellsworth. Now, I feel like you guys are kind of underestimated coming out of the conference that you guys do with it all being such small schools. Once you kind of get into that district district realm, you guys really got to fight for your lives. How much does it mean to you showing up in those situations and kind of when you guys, when you guys do get a chance to like kind of get outside of your regular circle to kind of be like, hey, this is what Ellsworth is all about? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, coming out of those outside of those conference games, we know that we only have like a few really big, big games, uh, super competitive throughout the year. So when we get to those, we really have to capitalize on them. And uh, we know it, our coach knows it, you know, our students know it, our fans know it. So we know we have a lot to prove to those bigger schools. And so we try to do our best when we go out there and do it. Yeah, we definitely have a chip on our shoulder when we play those bigger schools. Because, Like you said, I think we're definitely overlooked. And I think, like, during our game, I heard the Gaylord St. Mary's kids saying, like, oh, this is where we put them out and take a big lead. And it was just like, I don't know, that's not how Ellsworth plays. You know, we're in it to, we're in it to win it at all times and uh, come out and prove that a little school like Ellsworth can come out and compete with teams that play in a bigger conference is definitely, definitely something we hold on to with pride. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Braden, your brother is your head coach, correct? Yes, sir. So what is that? What is that like? You, I, I, you usually see a lot of like, you know, dad or sons or moms and sons or moms and daughters with coaches and stuff like that. But having your older brother be your coach and kind of coach all of your buddies too, what's that dynamic like? Um, it's definitely interesting. Me and my brother have a very good relationship. We've always been cool. And I mean, he's a lot older than me. So, I mean, I look up to him. Like I've always looked up to, to Jared with like everything I've done. And I mean, Jared is a heck of a basketball player himself, so I listen to all the advice that he gives me. But it's super cool to have him be a coach because, like, I don't know, we joke, like, a brother relationship. I mean, he jokes about me all the time. He makes fun of me in front of the guys a lot. (laughs) But uh, he calls me out for all the dumb things I say or do, but it's a lot of fun, and it's it's a good time. So now, at one time, he benched you during a scrimmage. (laughs) Tell me about that. Yeah, last year... uh, Versus uh, TC Christian, we had a scrimmage. I don't know. Again, brother relationship. Uh, we had a little disagreement on something that he was saying, and I probably said some things I probably shouldn't have during a timeout. And uh, yeah, I mean, he showed he doesn't have favorites. <laughs> I didn't get back in the the last three games, so I just had to just sit there and watch the team ball <laughs> from the bench. Well, did that change things? I mean, did you did you change yeah. the that he wanted? Yeah, it did. <laughs> I don't. I don't talk to him that way anymore. I definitely learned. Yeah. <laughs> you can't you can't talk to him like an older brother all the time during a game. You gotta. He's your coach too. So. Mm-hmm. How, how much does he coach you outside of like basketball and in life too? Does he like extend that out? Is that just kind of like how oh, he yeah. is? The coach with every aspect of life. I mean, he's <laughs> he's he's critiquing me how I do things, whether it's mowing the lawn or playing checkers or playing basketball. I mean, he's. Always coaching and teaching me. Okay, so he told me, Jaeger, he told me to ask you uh, when you became a three-point specialist. Since the womb, you already know. Aries <laughs> <laughs> better watch out on uh, Tuesday. <laughs> what? What? What's your what's your what's your go-to three-point celebration? I saw a couple good ones this week, and I didn't catch a picture of. But you, you nail one of those three-pointers at a big moment. What are you doing? 
We got the ice in the veins, just like my brother. Um, on JV, he was known for hitting a few buzzer beaters for the past few seasons. So, you know, it's a joke with uh, me and him. We got that ice in the veins. So when you hit a three, do you call it a Jaeger bomb? <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Speaking of, where, where, do you know where you got your name from? I've always been interested because whenever I see your name, Jaeger Griswold, I always think of, obviously, the alcoholic beverage, and I think of, you know, Christmas vacation family. Like, where did, where did you get your name from? Uh, so last name Griswold, that just happens to be a coincidence with them. Uh, there are a lot of similarities, of course, watching those uh, National Lampoon movies. But the Jaeger, that is the bomb, and no joke, that comes straight from the beverage. It was, if you talk to my parents, you know, they got a good sense of humor, and it's worked out so far. It's at least, it's unique. Nobody will ever, ever mix you up with anybody else. <laughs> that's that's right. why I love it, for right. sure. Yes. Now, come now, now. Maybe, maybe mix with drinks. Take some drink. Brayden, now, well, since we're asking about names, do you think that there's a Y in your first name because there's a Y in your last name? Definitely. <laughs> I, I have no idea. Um, I guess they just like the spelling of Brayden with the Y. It looks good with the Y in Steenwick. I think that's why. Yeah. <laughs> you put it next to each other, the two Ys. <laughs> it's parallel structure. It only makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Some people say Steenwick. My name is pronounced Steenwick. Oh, okay. So it is Steenwick. Yep. Well, then we've been saying it wrong this whole time. <laughs> we're, ask, we're asking how to say Jamal Sabolsky's last name, but we don't even know how to say our guests. Yeah, I, 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 our, our whole <laughs> roster has problems. It's kind of funny. Well, yeah, and you have Jacob Genuine. Is that how it's pronounced? Yes. yes. Um, that, that one is barely right a lot, too. And then and they then. always mess up Kellen. They always say his name is Keelan. They always go Keelan Pletcher. Okay. I would make the same mistake. I thought it was Kellen Pletcher. Kellen? Kellen? Okay. Jamal Kellen. Jaeger, Jacob, and Brayden. And then you got Pletcher, Griswold, Steenwijk, Genuine, Sabalski. Yeah, good. Well, at least we got the <laughs> roster breakdown now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, break, break down your team for us a little bit. Um, if, if you're a three-point specialist, uh, Jaeger, what are the rules for everybody else on the team? I obviously <laughs> see, you know, I know that, you know, a couple of you guys, I know Jamal is really good with, you know, passing the ball, and it seems like some of you guys are, are some big board getters. Braden, um, what, what's everybody's roles on the team? Well, typically, I just tell them to go down, rebound, and I pull it from half. But <laughs> realistically. The re he is not a three-play specialist. Like, I, I don't, I don't want, it's, a, it's a growing joke because uh, Jaeger's definitely more the boards guy. But sometimes he just, like, against Gaylord, we're just like, I don't know, we were up by like two or something, and Jaeger, beyond the arc, just decided to pull. And I mean, <laughs> if he shoots a three in a game, rare. So, uh, Did you make it? Oh, yes, yeah, sir. dagger. Heat check. Heat check. Darn right. Dagger. Yeah, but um, <laughs> in all seriousness, the roles on our team, uh, we, we got Jamal, our, our point guard. He is an excellent passer, and you'll see him pull off some real dimes game to game, like, I, some I, I question how he does it sometimes. <laughs> he's got that no better Euro step in the game either. <laughs> oh, he's got a bounce pass too. Mm. Oh, tastiest thing. Yeah, so Jamal is definitely the facilitator. Jacob Genuine next. He is by far the most improved player. Oh, for sure. On our team, he came uh, from straight off JV from last year. You know, starting role in varsity, and he has really stepped up to that role. He's developed his shot a lot. I mean, he's been. He hit some big ones for us against Gaylord. He hit a couple big ones against us against Gaylord the other day. And then uh, Kellen Pleasure, I'd say. What is he? Kellen is like our uh, our Swiss Army knife. I mean, he drives, he shoots, he. I mean, he occasional post up. I mean, Kellen does like he does a little bit of everything. He's just kind of our our Swiss Army knife. And then me, I I I'd call myself a three-point specialist. This guy's got a little bit of everything. You know, he's a threat from anywhere on the field, that's for sure. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Now, the Lancers, the Lancers obviously are looking toward a great matchup with Lake Luna St. Mary after they took out Leland. Uh, Lake Luna St. Mary, another high-scoring, high-flying team. Um, I think you guys are averaging between 70 and 80 points this season. It seems somewhere pretty close to that number. Um, I know that's about where they are, too. How much have you guys talked about the, the run-and-gun style and how, how much speed and accuracy you guys are going to need to have to uh, you know, keep this shootout alive? 
Yeah, I definitely think that speed is a big part of our game. We try to we always play our game. We what we do, we have a, like we do what we do. So we'll definitely uh we we'll definitely send some pressure at them. We like our half court press and then be like running up and just playing basketball. And then uh against Scalet St. Mary's, um we play fast. We definitely we make you make passes and we we got crazy people like Jaeger at the top and Kellen that are just getting steals and running up, getting our easy layups, fast break. We live with the fast break, so yeah. Uh one thing's for sure that we're not letting any offense, you know, break us down easily. Uh, we, we pride ourselves, like Braden said, on that half-court press. So, you know, I, I think we're we're ready for a high offensive game. And offensively, we're not afraid to chuck it. So we, we definitely have some quick possessions every now and then. Like you said, shoot your shot, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> what is it with uh, you guys always seeming to have like a 6'4 kid? I don't know. The water's different in Ellsworth, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, before you, you had Ethan Torn, guy. Mm-hmm. Always a guy down low, and before him we had Colin Ingles. Yeah, yeah. Had... I mean, like Trevor City West barely has a six foot four kid. Ever? <laughs> hey, I... this season they don't. Like they have one. They have a six four kid. That's... <laughs> <laughs> one hour of days just stretching us out. You know, <laughs> everything's bigger in Ellsworth. You know. <laughs> I, I, I do have to ask about the student section. For, I, I only saw the girls game, and that's the only Ellsworth game I've seen in, like, two years mm-hmm. I've been here. But what's the student section like for the boys' game? Do the girls' team – does the girls' team cheer on you guys, too? Yeah, we definitely have uh, a good show for the student section. Uh, we get a lot of hype, and that's a huge part of our game. There's nothing better than, you know, making a shot or getting a steal. Looking people back. just going crazy. I've seen the bench, too. The bench, student section, everybody just hyping you up. How much? How much more? How much different is it now that you guys can actually have fans? I mean, I know at the beginning of the season it was just basically playing, you know, empty gym scrimmage ball. It kind of seemed like, but now you got fans. How much more does that help in the playoff time? Oh, fans! Fans make a huge difference. Having people in there cheering and going crazy, seeing. If you think we're competitive on the court, <laughs> our bleachers, our fans sure show quite the competitiveness against. Even on the court, we're screaming and cheering and going crazy. I mean, just. Mm-hmm. What is a what is a typical halftime for for the team when you guys go in the locker room? What's everybody doing? It all depends on how we're playing. <laughs> if we're playing well, then uh, it'll be it'll be fun and like pretty hype and just like every game we play, it's definitely looking forward to our goals. So like our goals as a team are uh, go undefeated in conference and then like go win that district. So like if we're in a halftime and Jared's like we're not box or coaches like we're not boxing out or like. We're not doing this, so he'll let us know so that we can get prepared for some bigger games. Yeah, and our coach has definitely had some legendary halftime speeches throughout the years, but uh, one thing that has been super repetitive throughout this year has been, you know, we go into half, and before we go out, he always makes sure to say, you know, have some fun. you know, Because if, if we're not having fun out there, we're doing it wrong. And just enjoy it. Like, I mean, yeah. especially now times, like, we're we're just happy to – be having a season and being able to have the opportunity to compete and play against other teams. and Yeah, and I, was, I was just going to ask you, I mean, after what happened last year, um, you know, and I mean, did, did, how much more fuel is in the tank right now at this point in March? Because um, I guess you had so much time to build up to this district final, and now you're, you're moving oh, on. So much. The easiest way to say it is uh, we play every game like it is our last because it very well could be. Um, after the way last season ended, each and every one of us are grateful for, you know, every time we get to step out onto a court. And so, you know, being a senior, I especially feel that, you know, especially now in the playoffs, I mean, I could go out there and that could be my last you know, possession of basketball. So I, we all go out there and we embrace the moment. We sure don't leave anything. But with, like, uh, Saturday's matchup, the fuel of not being able to play, year before i mean that that fueled all of us the whole off season like literally there wasn't like a practice or open gym or a moment when we were on the court where we weren't thinking about redemption and being able to like come back and if we played them because they were the team we were looking at on the like on the map for our most likely district like competition so like every practice was like we're, com- we're coming for St. Mary's. Like we-, we want to come and knock them off and show them that 
not only this year, but also for last year, that we were just the better squad and we owned the district. When you're playing in a doubleheader like on uh, on Tuesday night in Buckley, do you have a preference? Is it better to play in the first game or the second game? I like the second game personally because then I get to like I'll get to watch the game and then we like go into the locker room at halftime. We turn on some tunes and get some hyped up. Otherwise, you're just jumping off the bus and it's like. Yeah, the game's in, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> so I, I like watching a game because, like, I'm also used to watching the JV game before our game. So being able to settle in, watch a game, and then... Plus, it's late-night prime time. <laughs> yes, sir. So who has, the, uh, who has the coolest gym in the Northern Lakes Conference? I like ours. Coolest gym. I, I believe ours is the oldest in yeah, like, Michigan. No, like, I think our floor is, like, the second oldest floor in like michigan like it's got like still got like the really small thin boards oh wow our court is like really short and i don't know i like that with our trap it's nice to it's kind of a little bit of an advantage for our 50 trap our half court trap that we run yeah i just i love our court (laughs) nothing like playing at home yeah now that we're talking about the northern lakes conference i gotta ask about alba you know they won their first what district game since 19 the 1950s Mm-hmm. I mean, where I, I know you when you guys play them, you beat them by like a lot, and it was like ninety to fifteen or something like that. But what did you see out of them? What did they have this year? Yeah, I would, the Northern Lakes Conference came out to play this year. I mean, they won their first district game since like the fifties. Alanson won their district, and Mackinac City won their district. So, props to the Northern Lakes Conference this year. But with Elba. Elba was a fiery, scrappy team. I mean, we beat them by a lot in our second matchup, but our first matchup at their place, they definitely caught us off guard in the first half. I think we were only up by, like, seven in the first half. And, like, they're just a scrappy group of kids. And we played Central Lake before, too. And I knew I knew that Elba was going to scrap. Knew that was going to be a, a close, tight-fought game. And I was proud of Elba to come out and knock off Central Lake. Did you guys play him in the playoffs, too? Yep, yeah. we played them Thursday. They played hard, and they're, yeah, there's a scrappy group of props guys. to them. Jaeger and Braden, thank you so much for joining us, being our first Ellsworth Lancers here on the podcast. We wish you the best of luck against Lake Leonard St. Mary tomorrow and throughout the rest of the basketball playoffs. Thanks once again. We'll see you then. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. Another huge thank you to the Lancers, Jaeger and Braden, for joining us here at the Get Around. Uh, that's another school we get to cross off our list, gentlemen. We only have a few left until we hit like all of our, all of our local schools, all of our local teams, so we can say that the Get Around truly is like worldwide. Yeah, completely gotten around. Yeah, the Get Around has gotten all the way around. <laughs> Almost. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight schools left by my count. I could cross off Ellsworth now, which is extremely exciting. And, hey, what a better time to talk to those guys after a district championship for the first time in 12 years. Uh, You know, it kind of sounds like Ellsworth basketball is ready to kind of stick on the map. So we'll see if if they can return that with Braden next season. That interview sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John's is fresh, or is freaks about fresh meat, bread, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast, Jimmy John's, freak yeah. We got a lot to unpack here, gentlemen. Andrew, you and I were out at what seemed like 35 games last week doing all of the basketball coverage we possibly could. James, I think you basically got every score and saw every box score from last week, so you know who our big performers are. What I want to do here is I want to run through our district finals of last week. We're going to go through our girls and then go through our boys and kind of let you know what happened in those finals. Obviously, they the whole district's played out last week. Uh, But I think we had a pretty good idea of who was going to come out of these districts. If we look back at our picks from last week, um, did a pretty decent job with with a couple of our picks. But at the same time, there were some upsets that we weren't uh, quite prepared for. If we're talking about even just Ellsworth here with Gaylord St. Mary, uh, there's there's upsets happening. So let's go ahead, dive into this girls' basketball breakdown in the chatter that matters. You know, we saw... We saw Petoskey beat Marquette in that first round of uh, districts last week, and we go, oh, my gosh, Marquette doesn't have a stranglehold in the district anymore. Petoskey girls 
go and they win it. They beat Traverse City West 36 to 21. They will be moving on in Division One. The other girls we had Cadillac beat Benzie Central, but then they fell to Ludington in overtime. Uh, I was I'm not so sure that we kind of expected that one. We 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 saw we saw Cadillac at one loss on the season. I mean, was that a surprise for you guys? I, th- I think it was. I mean, Ludington is a quality team. I mean, they came into districts at 11 and four, but uh, I I didn't expect them to to take that district by any means. Yeah, when I saw them in the game prior to, because I covered Benzie and Cadillac last week, Ben Cadillac looked really, really good, you know. Um, when I came the, prior to that, the only difference was is that they had a little bit of size on Cadillac, and I think that's what made the difference in overtime. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one rebound one way or the other in overtime, and it's a different story. So Johannesburg, Lewiston made it all the way out to the final. They lost to St. Ignace 53-37. to That St. Ignace team was legit last year. We knew that. Same thing with the Sault Ste. Marie, the that like western or eastern part of the UP is really really good at girls basketball. Yep, yep. And then Ignis is a powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, Sault Ste. Marie won their district. They beat Sheboygan. I mean, that, that we didn't really have to talk about that because we don't technically cover either one of those. But as you bring them up, yes, they did as well. Uh, McBain beat Houghton Lake when they hosted their own district. So McBain is moving on, and you know that Division Three district meets up with the one that was at Mancelona, which was, you know, our really highly anticipated one with Mancelona, GT Academy, St. Francis, Glen Lake, Elk Rapids, and man, Glen Lake just literally destroyed everybody. Glen Lake beat St. Francis 60 to 30, and then Glen Lake beat Elk Rapids 68 to 32, and I can't lie to you, I was at that game again, and it was just like, oh my gosh, and I was talking with some people. I, I don't think that Glen Lake can get stopped until the final four at the very least. Yeah, I was surprised that that game was that big of a margin. I mean, it, I, you know, Elk Rapids came in, they had lost, what, one game? Yep. All season, and that was to a bigger school. You know, I thought this would be a, a much closer game than that. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to go see Glen Lake tonight. Yeah, yeah. Would that be the first time you actually see them this season? Yeah. I've only seen them five times. <laughs> you're going to enjoy. You're going to enjoy watching them play basketball. Um, they, they're good on defense. They are pesky. They, their hands are all over the place. Like, if, if a ball is within arm's reach and one of those girls, bet through there's hands on it. Let's go Let's go down to Division Four. Um, McBain NMC took out Mason County Eastern 51-31 to in their final, so they move on. We had Frankfurt take down Misik 55-30 to in their district final after beating Onekama. I know Andrew was out of the game. Uh, Leland Belair, man, that was probably the game of the playoffs so far that we've covered. You thought that it was going to be tight. Belair missing a couple of girls. It was 46 46- to 44 Belair and Belair had to pull that out late. I know you were at that game, Andrew. I know they're missing a couple of girls, but um, Belair had to kind of really grind that wind out against uh, Leland, uh, didn't they? Yeah, they did. For a while, I think Leland led by as many as nine points, but I don't even think it was so much that they blew that lead, but just out Belair just kept making, they started making some really big shots. I mean, Noel Mann from three, they have Emerson Kepke and inside and their defense just did the work. So, in overtime, it was just a back and forth. Who gets the ball last? Leela had a shot. The buzzer missed it, and that was that. And what is that? Four in a row for Belair now. Four district titles in a row. We know that team has been awesome, but heck, man, that's that's a good streak right there. Yeah, and they're gonna get a chance to. I mean, they played St. Mary last year in the district final. Um, St. Mary has six players. First off, I mean, they're the girl that hit the game-winning three-pointer, uh, Miriam Merle, which we'll talk about that game in a little bit, but. She is gone. Instead, uh, they get back Macy Bebel from COVID quarantine tonight. Yeah, I mean, we can we can go into that. I mean, Bel Air is going to be playing Gaylord St. Mary after Gaylord St. Mary took down Ellsworth 44-41 to in that district final. You were at that game on Wednesday. That was one of our, like, cool staggered ones because it was easy. We had district final on Wednesday. I mean, you yeah. said that was one heck of a game, too. Oh, man. Like, again, like, that was Ellsworth's game to lose. They led for the bulk of the game. Same thing with Bel Air in the second half. I think St. Mary's defense just starting to really come out, and they were starting to make big time shots. They were slowing the ball down a whole lot more, and making passes. Um, and when they had the lead, they were dribbling it out and kind of playing, you know, not to lose at that point. But regardless, their strategy paid off. They took them to overtime and won. That shot by Miriam Merle must have been one of the craziest moments I've seen in person in Northern Michigan. I mean, I've gotten emails from people that think it was the best sports story we've seen, we've heard about this year, where a freshman that doesn't play ever this season hits the game-winning shot to 
takes this district title for St. Mary and survives their season. Oh, by the way, she's not playing anymore in the playoffs, and that's like the one shot she's going to take in the playoffs. I mean, that's crazy. Coach Pat Schultz was just like, what did what just happened over and over again to me when I'm interviewing him? Um, I'm so glad I got to see that, though. You can get you can catch a video of that online at record-eagle.com, and hopefully, Miriam Merle, if you're out here in this, I hope you run for another cross-country uh, all-state run next year as a sophomore, so... That regional now is loaded with local teams. That's like our big yeah. regional here tomorrow or today. That that has McBain, Northern Michigan Christian, and Frankfurt playing, and then Bel Air and Gaylord St. Mary. I mean, that's gonna be some good games here Monday. We're not gonna go into that too deep because by the time you hear this podcast, that regional will be over. But figure we should let you know for the girls. Tasky gets a pretty tough draw with uh, Midland Dow, who I believe is nineteen and zero. You know, Petoskey is has been one of our good stories this year too. I mean, you know, they, in girls basketball in recent years, they haven't been a powerhouse and suddenly they're coming up, they're winning the district, they're moving on to regionals and uh, they've got four girls on the team named Guy. Uh, the, yeah, so the last regional that we uh, we have not mentioned yet is the McBain and Glen Lake regional. McBain, undefeated. Glen Lake, undefeated. That should be one heck of a game tonight, don't you think? 17 and overs, 14 now. That's two games in a row that um, Glen Lake's going to have to take down another top-ranked team. So now that we go through these regionals, right, we see who they're playing, I got to ask you, who is our best bet for Breslin in the girls' side? I think it still has to be Glen Lake. You know, I think that they're, you know, they're going to get a test from McBain, I, I think, but the team that gets through here is, you know, got that path, and I think that Glen Lake, if, if they get past this game is going to Breslin. I have to I, I have to give I have to give my vote to them as well and like yeah if they get past McBain today they're on, they're at Breslin. They're on the final four. I can almost guarantee. You. I mean and I've seen I've seen the McBain girls play as well. They don't have the size to match up with Glen Lake. Just plain and simple. Andrew, you got a favorite that isn't Glen Lake or Glen Lake your favorite as well? I'm thinking it's hard for me to pick against the Lakers, but I kind of want to go out of the Traverse City district and go with Bel Air girls, you know. Pat Schultz thinks they can win with six players against Bel Air, but I don't really know. I mean, that, that Bel Air team is so deep, even without J.C. Summers and um, and uh, Katie Decker. That so, if they were to get them back at some point, because it's just you know this is a close contract. contract yeah, it's really just depends. It's just it's just on a t- it's just a time. It's how long they got to wait, right? Yeah, if they get them back, then their Bel Air team is just going to be that much better. So. Yeah, the deeper you go, the better chance you have of you having all your players back. So I, th- I think they are the best team in this district. It's Frankfurt NMC is the other side, right? Yeah, McBain NMC, I think, has had quite the season, haven't they, for girls? The, the NMC is technically the top seed in that district, but who have they really played? You know, these are... Yeah, they're tw- McBain's 12-2. And, so. and they were there last year, too. So. All right, well, yeah, so... It'll be interesting. We'll, we'll know more about those games, obviously, after today and into the rest of the week. So make sure you just head over to record-eagle.com to find out exactly what happened in Monday's regional games. Let's go ahead and dive over to the boys' side. We had more boys' teams move on than girls. Uh, let's go ahead and run through these. In Division One. Petoskey was trying to make it a twofer on the boys' and the girls' side after they beat Traverse City Central in overtime, 53-52, to which, I mean... They were close games all season long uh, between the two, and I was not uh, I was not surprised to see Petoskey take down Central in a close game to go on to that d- district final. But they fell to Marquette nonetheless, only by four points though, sixty nine to sixty five. So that's another that's another gut wrencher. The district over at Boyne City had Boyne City coming out fifty seven to thirty seven. I want to talk about this game for a second because it kind of blew my mind. It was thirty two to thirty, uh, Boyne City lead thirty two to thirty at the end of third, and the score ended up being fifty seven to thirty seven. So Boyne City dropped 25 points in the final quarter of that game after only scoring 32 through three quarters to make that game look like that. Boyne City's got, I think, a, like a, a sneaky shot here with the team that they have. How do you guys feel about the Ramblers? Yeah, they've got to go on the road to Escanaba, I believe, for, the, for this game. So that's, that's not going to help any. But, I, you know, I think that, you know, we've, we've both seen this team. I mean, we've, we've seen what they have. They have a lot of of good pieces and it's a matter of putting it together from night to night. You know, a couple of teams here and there have been able to stop Aiden Brem and, and hold him into single digits. And that's something that any team I think pretty much has to do to beat point city. If you can do that, then you got a chance, but 
if if Aiden Brem gets his points, then they are a hard team to stop from rolling. Yeah, and in that Kingsley game, I think they had nine different people score, and like six or seven of them had like six or more points. So like that's that's a lot of people. I know Jack Neer has been kind of going off for them recently too. Yeah, I like the depth and the and the and how they're getting production from the bench. Um, you know, it's not one of those teams where it's just one or two guys that does everything. You know, they're getting they're getting production from you know the five, six, seven spots on that team, and and that's what you have to have in these districts now. Definitely, definitely. I mean, just in general, you know, we knew that we knew that Kingsley team was good, but put them down by twenty in that second half. That that's, that's nuts. Uh, Cadillac. The boys, I think they were really, really excited, but they fell 37-35 on a last-second shot to Ludington. I know he wasn't too happy when I talked to him. Uh, but, hey, another good season from Cadillac. I know they're losing a couple of those really big guys, which is going to be tough for them. But still was an uh, admirable season out of the Big North for the Vikings. Going out of Division Three, we had McBain and Lake City face off in that Houghton Lake district. McBain winning that one 61-46. You know, McBain's still undefeated, was ranked number one to end the season. How do we feel about this team? These Ramblers uh, rambling on into the deeper stages of the playoffs. Well, they're going to they're gonna get a pretty stiff game, I think, on, on Tuesday from Glen Lake, um, who's been just rolling recently. Uh, Finn Hogan seems to really have stepped up in, in recent weeks, which just makes them even more of a dangerous team. You know, and then, then they've got Luke Hazleton in the middle. Um, you know, and this game's going to be in Houghton Lake. Seven o'clock on Tuesday, so both teams got to make a bit of a little bit of a hike. But McBain's used to going there because that's a conference opponent of theirs. So maybe there's a little bit more familiarity with that gym and that trip for McBain than there is from Glen Lake. But um, it's a pretty good game that I'm I'm looking forward to going to cover on Tuesday night. Yeah, I'll tell you when I when I saw Glen Lake St. Francis, which was one heck of a game for the district final on Saturday. Uh, that was a back and forth battle. It was like 14 lead changes. I really I didn't. First of all, I didn't know Luke Hazleton got so much bigger in the last, like, year. He definitely grew, like, four or five inches in the last, like, year. I think I, I saw Reese Hazleton, and I think he's actually taller than his brother. He might be close to six seven, six eight two. He's pushing up there. Uh, yeah, definitely. I just, I did, I swear to God, I'm not, and there's no slight against Glen Lake. I did not know how they were going to be. I didn't see them all year. I did not know how they were going to be under a new coach. And then after losing somebody like Reese, who was such a driver for them, man, talk about another hard-working, gritty, grinded-out team. They don't have anybody who's, like, a sharpshooter or, like, super – a superstar is going to put down 25 for you. Now, Finn put up 19 in that game, but every point was earned, I'll tell you that. Every point was earned in that game. That was one of the more physical basketball games I think I've ever seen, to be honest with you. The referees were letting kids get smacked by three or four people at a time and not calling fouls. I was like, okay. And then, like we said, I mean, it will be Glen Lake facing with McBain in that regional final because they beat St. Francis on Saturday 47-41. to I know St. Francis was, was heartbroken after that. They were up for... You know, part of the third quarter, but like I said, 14 lead changes. Talk about just a, a back-and-forth battle. Counter Choic and uh, a couple of those guys, they, they just nailed three-pointers when they needed to. And apparently, you know, they haven't hit too many three-pointers this year. And, yet, Andrew, you, you weren't lying at all. Rob Flaska can't even do post-game interviews, man. <laughs> Straight up, dude. And I was he, – he gave me a quote. I didn't put it in the story. But after you did that story, he, was, he said something. He was just like – He's like, yeah, I lost my 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 uh, my voice in the first quarter. And he's like, I'm starting to realize that if I just don't coach, like if I don't have a voice to coach with, we're better off. <laughs> if, I just, if they can't hear me on the court and I'm just screaming, like trying to get their attention. He had a voice in the Oak Rapids game, so yeah, he he lost it really really soon on Saturday. Staying in Division Three, um, our last Division Three district champion is Charlevoix. This was my dark horse to make it all the way down to Breslin. They took on Joburg Lewiston, and. Beat them 58-49. to 49. We know Joe Berg's been a bit of a problem for some people, but no problem for Jacob Mueller, Evan Solomon, and the Raiders. Evan Solomon went off for 25 points in back-to-back games last week to push them to that district final. I'm still going to keep Charlevoix as a dark horse to get down to Breslin. I know I'm going to ask this question from you guys in a second after we get past Division 4, but let's keep rolling. The Division 4 at Mason County Eastern, McBain NMC 49, Baldwin 42. So McBain NMC is moving on. They will actually be meeting the winner of the Onekamed District, which was Frankfurt. Frankfurt and Jack Stefanski were able to take out Anthony Bacaria and the Brethren Bobcats 61-52. to I think we were talking about this last week. There was really nobody we thought that could kind of keep up with Frankfurt and that. They, they, they pretty much kept up with them there. I mean, nine points is, is not, you know, anything super close. But, I mean, if you look at the other, the other scores in this district, definitely was closer than I thought it was going to be. 
Yeah, that was the the district that we kind of picked as the lock. Yeah, right. Was Frankfurt in that in that district? And it ended up being a lot a little tighter than we thought, but but still they a lock nonetheless. They they made us look good. Yeah, right. Now, now this was I think this was probably our most interesting district. Um, I, I brought we brought it up last week, and I think it actually ended up turning out to be our most interesting district. Um, it was our geographic one where it was all spread around. But Sutton's Bay Forest area played in that first round. Uh, Sutton's Bay won, and then Leland T C Christian. Leland beat T C Christian. Lake Leland St Mary beat Sutton's Bay. But then that final between Lake Leland St Mary and Leland. Lake Leland St Mary comes out forty eight to forty three. I'm not sure if I expected that. If I didn't expect that, I saw both those teams just last week. Um, in that district and. Man, St. Mary's, they're, they're feeling it right now. We talked about that matchup between St. Mary and Ellsworth coming up. Ellsworth, as you heard in our interview, won their first district title since 2009 over Gaylord St. Mary, 57-49. to 49. You know, they're going to be matching up with that Lake Leonard St. Mary team. That's going to, I swear, that's going to have to be a, an 80-point, 80 80-point 80 game, right? I mean, yeah. both those teams roster players that are on the Record Eagle stat leaders. You know, we have it in our paper every Sunday, and I swear to gosh, like, Jaeger... Braden, um, and the two of the kids, or Bramer's up there. I don't know what it is right now. Bernowski is up there too. Yeah, I think they I mean, all. I know they all score over at least seventeen points a game, is what I can recall. Yeah, Griswold is at eighteen and point four. I think Bernowski and Bramer are both right around nineteen. Uh, Steenweik is uh, fourteen, um, but does a lot of other things for that team as well. Yeah. Uh, that 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 district title for Lake Leelanau St. Mary Saturday night. I mean, I know it was a, it was one of those night games that we weren't able to really kind of blow out or anything because it was right up against our deadline. But uh, that's their first district title since 1973. What? Yeah. Wow. And, and on that team, I think uh, Dylan's grandfather and Sean's great uncle were on that team. Wow. In 1973. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I know we talked to them a couple weeks ago once again. Make sure you go back and listen to that podcast with Dylan Barnowski and Sean Bramer um, just about what kind of special season they were having. I didn't know it was that special, um, whatever, almost 40 years since the last time they won a district title. We had a few of those so far. I mean, that, I mean that's a heck of a game. I, I talked to... I talked to John Kiesel literally like right before our deadline um, about that game, and he, you know, he basically told me he was like, "Yeah, well, those boys were just firing." But what what happened was Leland had forty three points, and Gavin Miller scored thirty one of them. He had thirty one points and sixteen rebounds. So that tells you that nothing else worked. JJ Pop was held to I think four points. Like he could like, that, which if you're shutting down one of those two guys for Leland. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Exactly. I mean, basically, you gotta try to shut down either Barnaski or Bramer. But you know, I think they did a pretty decent job. Only 40, 48 points out of the the Eagles is kind of an accomplishment with how much they be scoring this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're their lowest point total this season by a lot. And yeah, by a lot. And they won still, so that's a that's a good thing. Now, I, I mean, that's gonna be an exciting game. Likely, and I'll say Mary Ellsworth. Once again, we have a couple of those local ones. Let's go through. Real quickly, yeah, so Lake Leonard, St. Mary, Ellsworth will be playing each other, and then Frankfurt, McBain, NMC will also be playing each other. Those will all be in the same little region, so the, the winner of those two games uh, will play each other later this week to possibly be a re, uh, regional champion and move on to the state quarterfinals. And, and they'll play on April Fool's Day. <laughs> the regional championships will be on April Fool's Day this year. How weird is that going to be? Yeah, Bas- right. Basketball in April, and it's not even like the Final Four or anything. It's yeah. still re- it's still regionals because yeah, well, last year yeah, it's usually right. It's usually right around my birthday. This district finals, and then you know St. Patrick's Day is finals. That that and that's in Division Four. Then in Division Three, uh, McBain and Glen Lake will be playing, and then uh, they will, the winner of that game will play either Mason County Central or Beaverton in the final. There, Beaverton's undefe- undefeated. There, Mason County Central only has three wins on the season, so not sure how they managed to get out of that district. Um, maybe the luck of the draw, I am not sure. But Charlevoix will be playing Ascoda in the regional semifinals, lining up against either Iron Mountain or P- Painsdale Jeffers. So going to be w- waiting for a UP team in that regional final out in Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, Mason County Central getting through is weird with three wins. I mean, they beat a pair of teams in the districts that had five wins each. So not the strongest district. Um, yeah, so then Boyne City is going I mean, that regionals here at Traverse City Central, they're going to be playing Escanaba in the early game tomorrow. Escanaba's 15-2, and two, and then they're awaiting the winner of Ludington Ogemaw Heights. So, yeah, that's all of our boys' teams that have made it through. Got to ask who is our favorite to get to the Breslin. 
we'll know who's headed this time next week. Mm, yeah, I I still think that that in that Buckley regional, you know, I gotta I gotta I gotta think that Frankfurt's the team to come out of there just because they have the size that they have that uh, that other teams I don't know can match up with. Um, but I mean, would we be surprised to see Ellsworth or Lake Lilanau St. Mary just outgun them? I wouldn't be. No, not at all. I was just anyway. gonna pick against you and say my pick to go to the to come out of that regional would be the winner of that Lake Lilanau St. Mary Ellsworth game. You yeah. know, Ellsworth does have size, does have size, and I think they do, they can beat Frankfurt if they are matched up against them. Yeah, I mean, after after seeing what they did against Gaylord St. Mary, you know that they, I mean, I've seen their, they have all those guys that we talked about with Jaeger and Braden, they all have the ability to score 10 points a game, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not I'm not so sure I can say the same thing about more than one or two guys on Frankfurt, you know? Yeah. In D3, I guess I like, um, you know, the winner of that McBain-Glen Lake game has a pretty legit shot of getting through. Obviously, I think it's going to be Beaverton. Mm-hmm. He hasn't lost a game, but uh, I even though Beaverton's undefeated, I think they can still get by them. And Charlevoix has an undefeated Ashkota team. And it's the same same boat where it's like, you know, you don't know who those teams have played mm-hmm. and stuff. So you could I could really see Charlevoix. We've seen them a bunch. We know what they're capable of. So uh, I could totally see Charlevoix take, pulling that game out. And then, and then you're going to play against the winner of a couple of uh, UP teams that we, you know, with probably I think going to be Iron Mountain yeah. and Fox wonders who is the best player to come out of the up in a long long time but that that would be a pretty good matchup Charlevoix and iron whoever Box. wins that game against iron mountain you know yeah I'm, I'm i'm gonna i was gonna say Charlevoix, but you you bring up a lot of points i'm not gonna reiterate i'm gonna say mcbain while glenn lake you know i saw glenn lake just take down st francis once again i don't think they have like that guy who they're gonna give the ball i mean <laughs> I guess I guess I, I I guess I can't. I'm slighting Finn Hogan, and I apologize. Like, he has to be that guy. He made a buzzer beater. They gave him the ball. They, he he made a buzzer beater to end the first. He made a buzzer beater to end the second. I mean, he he can hit three point shots. I mean, they're giving the ball inside, so he probably is their guy. It would be disrespectful to say that they don't have somebody who could do that. I just feel like what I from what I saw, I almost feel like what what McBain's been able to do so far this year, um, kind of run teams out of a gym. It's gonna be too much of an uphill battle for Glenn Lake to beat McBain. And I think McBain being that number one ranked team all season long, I'm going to still make them my favorite to make it down to the final four. But those are our boys regional games that are coming up this week. You know, obviously this time next week, we will be looking at the state finals. So make sure you tune back in for 170 to find out what happened with all these district games. That segment sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse city. Jimmy John's is freaks about fresh meat, bread and veggies. That means better sandwiches for all. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's Freak Yeah. That puts us into our Hall of Fame. We had a lot of basketball last week. I have a feeling like this is probably going to be basketball heavy, except for maybe a couple of our bowlers who went uh, who went up. So, boys, who are you putting up for your Hall of Fame nominees this week? I have to go with Miriam Merle. I mean, that shot was literally her fourth of the season, fourth of her high school career. She doesn't shoot in practice, and Yet she has the guts to take the game-winning shot that would have, with a miss, that might have cost St. Mary their season. But she made it, and that was a heck of a win. So I'm going to go with the freshman, Miriam Merle, from Gale and St. Mary. I'm going to put up Ella Wendell um, for finishing second at the Bowling State Finals and helping lead her team, the Traverse City Christian Sabres, to the school's first-ever girls' bowling state championship and the first girls' bowling state championship um, we've had up here in some time, so or first ever, and the first bowling state championship in general we've had in some time. So um, that's definitely a performance from last week. I am impressed with. What about you, James? I'm going to throw Evan Solomon out there. I mean, he scored 25 in each of those last two games to uh, to pretty much will Charlevoix to the uh, district title. We got a lot to lot to unpack. I, uh... I I say we just do another one of those one, those weeks where we just induct everyone, man. I, I I can't say no to any of the three. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna honest I'm gonna vote for um Evan Solomon. Back to back back to back twenty five point games in a district semifinal and a district final to like move your team out in the playoffs. That's a that's a lot of driving force right there. Coming off that knee injury too. Yeah, I mean he had been kind of down for a couple of weeks after spraining that knee. And it's nice to see him back scoring 25. Yeah, and then he sprained his ankle right after that, too. So his, his, his right leg was just a mess for a minute. But, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say Evan Solomon. Anybody else want to vote? 
I vote for Wendell. Okay, I vote for Morel, so it's a tie. Ah, <laughs> now we all get in. Okay, so we have three new inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame: Miriam Morel, Evan Solomon, and Ella Wendell. Thank you, guys, for great seasons and great performances. It's always good to have. It, it's great that we have so many performances. There was a bunch of buzzer beaters last week too, um, that happened, but you know we didn't get into everything. Um, there's there, there there was a lot of really good basketball again last week. Are the districts up here is always so exciting to watch. A couple of years ago, it was like it made me fall in love with basketball all over again. And you know, this year it just reiterated, like, man, there's some there are some good teams and good basketball up here. So let's put this into our final segment, the trifecta, where I already preface this question and I hope the guys have thought about something fun. Cause I have uh I've been thinking about it all day. What would you do? And it's it, I, you can you can be sarcastic if you'd like, but what would what what is like the craziest thing you'd do or like what is like your 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 benchmark of like I would do that for five hundred thousand dollars? What what is the what's the craziest thing you'd do for five hundred k? Get COVID again? Uh, for five hundred grand? Yeah, for five hundred thousand. Like okay, how not, about not as crazy for a million dollars, but still a lot of money. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like. I don't know. Here's okay. Here, James. Here's a question: Would you change your name for five hundred thousand dollars? Depending on to what? I don't get to choose, but it just cannot be James Cook any longer. <clears throat> ba ab so b a a b. That would be tricky, right? Isn't that isn't that weird? Especially with our professions, right? If I got to choose what it was, then absolutely. Okay. What would then? What would it be? I don't know, but I'd pick something cool like Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> I, if, if I if I legally changed my name, it would probably be to some wild stuff. I would like na- na- like literally name myself like Darth Vader, or some stupid thing like that. But because <laughs> that, that I was thought you the... would make your last name Bush Light, but <laughs> that's funny. Or just or just but make it like a Bush where I just add like seven seven P's on the end of my name at Nip. It could be Little Bush. Little Bush. Right. I thought I thought about I thought Jay. about this earlier, and that's why I, that's why I thought about. For five hundred grand, I would live in a foreign country. Yeah, see, I would say like for the rest of my life. I would, for five hundred thousand dollars, I thought about like what I, I kind of thought to myself. What I thought I was like, what what would somebody be like? I'll give you five hundred thousand dollars to go do this, right? And this crossed my mind earlier when I asked you guys, and I said, and I think this would be crazy, but I would do it, and I would I would just hope I'd survive. It would be like spend a weekend in the Amazon rainforest, like. Go out in the Amazon. You gotta like find like find your way in, find your way out, and you get five hundred thousand dollars. I would do it, but that's like a freaky place. But I would like I would try it. I'd bump it up. To, I'd say you should have to bump it up to a week. A week. Yeah. A week in the Amazon rainforest with a forage. For I I would do it. I'd probably die. Right. I mean, I, it's not that it's not that I couldn't survive like food, water, and stuff like that. There's so many like bugs and poisonous frogs and animals and snakes and like. I, I, it's probably like the chupacabras. Who knows? It's the Amazon rainforest. They say there's more species in the Amazon than literally anywhere else. That's why I thought about it. It's like who? That's like that's like the equivalency of like deep deep sea diving, right? To me, but on land, like you have no idea what's going to be down there. You go into that yeah, Amazon rainforest. Would you for five hundred thousand dollars? Would you go swimming with like the most poisonous whales? Whales. Poisonous whales. Whale? Yeah, whales gonna eat you. Yeah, but they're not poisonous. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you want to find out? I, I I could Google it. I'm pretty sure that there are any whales who are poisonous. I'm sure there's gotta be a single poisonous whale. <laughs> I think whales are. I think whales are too big to be poisonous. Are we gonna Are we gonna bet a beer on this one? Yeah, let's bet it. Let's bet it. I'm thinking there's no whales that are poisonous. I'm betting no poisonous whales as well. Now that do you remember how we did are our, whales poisonous? Do you, Do you remember our? Uh, are like, oh, what would you name your? T- what would you name your minor league baseball team? The poisonous whales. I like it. Okay, high levels of toxic chemicals have been found in stranded dolphins and whales along the southern coast of the United States. Yeah, toxic chemicals from them intaking us what we've poured in the water, bro. Yeah, all the plastic and stuff that we've polluted. The- <laughs> Whale meat may be toxic. They poisonous. They're not venomous. Yeah, they're not venomous. <laughs> Injecting you with anything? No, yeah, poisonous is like they bite you and then you're going to be paralyzed and die. I don't think you want to be bitten by a whale, regardless. Well, no. <laughs> Would you be bit by a whale for five hundred thousand dollars? Yes. 
Because you probably wouldn't actually lose any limbs. Their teeth are not sharp. Do like a, do like a Jonah thing? Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, would you go sit inside of a whale for five hours? Uh, I'm going to pass. You're not going to make it back out. Andrew, did you say anything? Yeah, I did. I said I was going to live in a foreign oh, country. Oh, yeah, live in like a foreign country. Man, I'd do that for free at this point. As long as somebody just pay, yeah, just pay me to live there. Just give me a job. <laughs> give me a job in give me a job in France. I'll go. We'll figure it out. But uh, I think I want to change it to get bit by a whale now. So get, by, get bit by a whale. Poisonous whale. Because they're not toxic. No, we can get bit by a whale. It'll be all right. It'd be, oh my gosh. No, a whale's mouth is probably bigger than this podcast room, more than likely. So hey, if you get e- if you get bit, maybe you'll be get eaten. But we have eaten all of our. Serial for the day here on episode 169. We have gone through everything that we have for you today. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, at TCRE Sports, so you get notified whenever we get new stories and new stuff out. Make sure you follow us on SoundCloud at The Get Around, so you get notified whenever we get a new podcast out. Follow me at Jake Adnip, James at James Cook14, and Andrew at by Andrew R on Twitter for all the updates from the regional games this week. <coughs> Excited to see. The wrestlers down at the state finals. Excited to see the regional round of tournaments here and see how much further we can go in this winter sports season. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for episode 170.